This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio. Right, UFC fans, mixed martial arts fans, wrestling fans, you are in for a treat. Mohamed El Hosni is going to be live on the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio. UFC pioneer as well. Someone who's been spreading his knowledge on the game for a while. It's been a minute and now he gets to share it with us here on Pulse95 Radio. We get to talk to him about wrestling, grappling, jiu-jitsu, next up-and-coming superstar, the World Championship of Jiu-Jitsu as well, and combat sports, also celebrity fights as well. All that and more on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. It's time. and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, cover everything sport, international and local. What a privilege, as I said in the intro that it is that I have Mohammed Al Hosseini here on the show today. Legend, man. And that's exactly what I said to him off air. Mohammed, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my uh, honor to be on your show and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you for the next uh, few minutes. Uh, Mohammed, I want to ask you, man, when did this journey start from you? Because it seems like you've been in the game for a while now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a while, you know, uh, maybe not, uh, not into MMA th- this whole time, but definitely into... Uh, combat in, in any form maybe it started as a pro wrestling even though it's scripted but it started with pro wrestling just like any other kid i would say with a little bit of boxing at the time maybe i was uh, uh let me say the the mike tyson era was was kind of my era i used to watch I watch it on pay-per-view or you know um, somehow you get to see one of the one of one of the mike tyson fights you know but I was more into pro wrestling and, uh, you know, very limited UFC knowledge or MMA knowledge at the time. You know, when it got into my radar, it was basically when Ken Shamrock uh, and Dan Severn came into the WWE in uh, 97 and started promoting and these guys are coming from, uh, you know, uh, real fighting or as real as it gets, uh, the world's most dangerous man, all that stuff. So it opened my eyes into this world, right? And then one of my favorite wrestlers, my childhood heroes, was Bret the Hitman Hart. And when I saw Ken Rock, you know, suplex him in in, in one of the matches uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, I remember with Bret and Stone Cold with the infamous sharpshooter scene with the blood running through his face, Ken Shamrock being the ref that uh, match. I would say it it was during that time where I started... uh, understanding or, or you know searching for what the UFC is and I, I, uh, I happened across a VHS tape 
just any VHS tape I could find at the UFC at the time. And it wasn't UFC 1, like most people, it was uh, 7. And all I remember from that phase was uh, Tank Abbott coming in, knocking everybody out during that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the event that also had uh, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn fighting there. And obviously the final with uh, Oleg Taktarov and uh, and uh, Tank. So uh, I would say that, you know, uh, I, I, I still get influenced by pro wrestling. My influence was pro wrestling. Mm. So people like Kazuki Takoraba, the legendary Japanese fighter, are one of my favorite fighters ever, you know, uh, because of my love for um, pro wrestling and, you know, people who come in or transition from pro wrestling to MMA. Brock Lesnar was a successful example as well. So that's like a brief mm. uh, background. To, uh, even though I train jiu-jitsu, yeah. uh, I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner, maybe not so um, MMA practitioner, but uh, my influence, I would say, came through pro wrestling. Mm. So, so there's a couple of things I really wanted to kind of pick your brain on, and you, you jumped into them almost like you saw my, my, uh, my running order. I was going to ask you about the wrestling days and I was going to ask you who um, who had the biggest impact on you um, as a fan and as a pundit and as an expert from the wrestling side uh, whilst you were getting into and transitioning. You know, with pro wrestling, I was always into the uh, reality-based wrestling. So catch wrestling, catch as catch can, they, they used to call it. So I, that's why I was into uh, Bret the Hitman Hart. His style of wrestling, and pure wrestlers will probably cringe when I say this, but a lot of wrestlers come from an Olympic uh, background. If it's not catch wrestling, it's Olympic background. Kurt Angle was one of them. He's an Olympic yeah. gold medalist, right? Right now we have Gable Stevenson as, a, as another example. But back in the day, uh, I used to like people like Bret the Hitman Hart because of the realism involved in his style. Uh, mm. I wasn't a fan. I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan, but I was more of a fan of that type of wrestling, uh, grounded wrestling, than I was from the high-flying uh, style mm. of Lucha Libre or, or, or Shawn Michaels and mm. all that, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I was more into the Eddie Guerrero's, maybe even though he was a high flyer, but he was technical. Mm. Chris Benoit's, the Bret Hart's, uh, the British Bulldogs, that type of style, you know, and. Even today, when I when I you know when I when I transitioned into an MMA fan, I was more into the technical guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm jumping uh, too fast, but that style of of, of, of of fighting is what you know entices me more than the knockout artist, who is a pure knockout artist, mm -hmm. you know, entertainer and stuff. I'm more of a strategist uh, kind of guy. I, I I I like people like George Saint Pierre, mm -hmm. strategy. I like people like Randy Couture, even before GSP. I was a big Randy Couture fan, just because of the mentality. And, you know, he. these are the people that made me love MMA. Demetrius Johnson is another guy. Wow. Uh, because because it's all about the strategy. You know, mm. Matt Hume, as a, as a trainer, as a coach, and even as an athlete before then, they're cerebral in, 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 in the way they take MMA, right? Or, or any sport. And that's what I enjoy about the sport, more so than just uh, the the knockout and the yeah. blood and uh, and that stuff i was always that type of guy and that's why jiu-jitsu kind of uh enticed me more than anything else you know jiu-jitsu if i was younger and, and i got into sports or martial arts younger i would have trained wrestling mm, okay. uh, but uh, jiu-jitsu is 
is is is something I uh, is where I, is maybe I would attribute it to where I am today as well. Okay. My love for jujitsu made me to made me get too close to this uh, sport as a media personality, perhaps. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, the the type of wrestlers you've mentioned um, strikes the purest as. Um, technicalities like when you mention those normally and it's funny because the contrast of your Brett Hetmans your British Bulldogs um, and and even when you mentioned Kurt Angle in terms of his wrestling background like actually yeah. going to university for those things versus the Shawn Michaels and 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 the other kind of characters that were more the show stoppers and, and and that stuff it kind of actually shows what kind of fan you are did you did you used to get quite emotionally invested when you would watch them scripted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I used I used to be the guy I used to be the guy that screams, uh, "It's real for me, damn it!" You know, like that type of, uh, you know. And I, I, I uh, whenever somebody says, uh, you know, it's scripted or it's fake, yeah. I get to show them some of the, uh, maybe not the technical fights. I used to show them, you know, the Mick Foley falling off the cage yeah. with the Undertaker type, the blood, that that yeah. type of stuff, just to prove that it's real. You know, yeah. Yeah. I knew it wasn't real, but. I just wanted to prove to people that it's an art and they get hurt just like any other, uh, uh, you know, sportsman or athlete or martial artist. They they, they probably go through much more than an MMA uh, fighter because Mm -hmm. MMA fighters fight three, four times a year. They're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestlers, pro wrestlers uh, have it hard, you know. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They, they, They definitely have more reps on the mat. Yeah, before we take a break, I got to ask you this. I'm gonna try and, and take you back a little bit. What was the last uh, wrestling action figure you had? <laughs> uh, probably Bret Hart. Really? I, I didn't have, many, but definitely a Bret Hart. Probably. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, I have his book signed. I have his DVD signed. Yeah. Uh, he's probably one of my uh, one of my all time greats. You have so, the you have the leather jacket. No, I had the sunglasses at one point. Hey, listen, we all had the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> They're not um, durable. Yeah. Durable, but we yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, more with the legend himself, Hamid al Hosni, here on The Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, on Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire that what the goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. And if you thought that was great, wait till you see what's coming up next. Because not only do I have the legend Muhammad al-Hosni on the show, it's also the fact he gets to take me back to my childhood. And that is really, really great that we had that wrestling segment. He also mentioned the key word in that first episode, which was Tyson, as you can see right here. So you know we're on the same page. Um, Did you always uh, have an eye for um, martial arts, mixed martial arts? I know you mentioned jujitsu as well. Um, and when did you discover that you had an eye for the, an eye for it? It was, if you can say, it was love from first sight. Yeah. As soon as I, I saw that uh, NHB VHS tape back in the day, um, I just didn't stop since, right? And then 
when it finally became a real sport with regulations and, and rule sets, it was even better for me. And I remember uh, it was the time, I believe in 2000 or 2001, where Ken Shamrock fought Tito Ortiz coming out of pro wrestling. And uh, it was the UFC kind of, or Zufa, embraced entertainment or sports entertainment. And a lot of pro wrestling fans became fans of uh, MMA. Now, a lot of pro wrestling fans get a, get a lot of uh, heat, right? Being, you know, not the fans that you need in MMA. But to be honest, there are a lot of, a lot of good fans, you know, uh, that appreciate, appreciate the art. And I believe those fans constitute a lot of uh, who the UFC fans are today, especially the 18 to 34-year-olds that the UFC craves uh, for so, uh, it's 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 a lucrative sport. It's something that you. Uh, it's I mean, I managed throughout my career to get a lot of fans into the sport, including my brothers. My brothers were pro wrestling fans, but they might have come in as fans to MMA later than I did. But uh, they're they're probably bigger fans than I am right now. You know, uh, so uh, it's. It's, it's still growing in popularity, you know, with people like Habib and, and uh, Hamzat and mm. Conor McGregor, all these other guys. It's just getting bigger and bigger. And it's, it's, it's something that's getting bigger in places outside of America for, for, for once. So, mm. you know how they say if you want something to succeed, it needs to succeed in the U.S. because of the marketing machine. Mm. But now this sport is big, arguably bigger in the region than it is in, in the U.S. maybe. I would say, I would say, it's getting traction now all over the world. Yeah, yeah, and I think COVID did something massive for it in terms of Fight Island and all these kind of things. You having been around uh, Japan, Bahrain, US, obviously UAE, you know, um, who's been your favorite athlete to cover? Where the fan tries to creep out of the pundit? MMA. Yeah. In MMA. Yeah. I was a big. You know, I was a big Pride fan. Okay. Um, even more so than the UFC, to be honest. Uh, I used to love Pride. I used to, I used to love the way they produced their shows, and it was very entertaining. And Sakuraba, as I mentioned uh, earlier, was one of my uh, one of my biggest. Uh, you know, one of my favorite fighters. One of my favorite fighters. He didn't. He's not a world champion by any means, but. He's rarely in a boring fight. Mm. He beat the Gracies, you know. He's, he's a Gracie hunter. If 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 I would if I would pre, you know if I would uh, encourage um, guys to you know or or anyone to be an MMA fan, I would show him a Sakuraba fight. That that's that's how confident I am in 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 in, in his abilities and his style to entice people to become fans of the sport. People like him, people like Demetrius Johnson, mm. you know. Maybe not so much GSP. Maybe some fights with the GSP because GSP, you really need to be a hardcore MMA guy yeah. to love GSP. For the mainstream, he could be a boring fighter because mm. he's very strategic, goes for his wrestling, and not it's not for everyone. Randy Couture is the same thing, but Sakuraba always gets to get always gets to you know uh, entertain the crowds for sure. So I would say Sakuraba are my favorites. Uh, a lot of people from Pride, Fedor Emelianenko, once upon a time. You know, uh, yeah, Vangelay Silva. It's super interesting. You mentioned GSP. He's actually one of my favorites. But have you seen him in? Have you seen what kind of shape he's in now? Yeah, 
Is exactly. he? Is, is, yeah, go on. That's the beauty of it, right? People like GSP and Habib retired in their prime, yeah. I would say. I mean, GSP wasn't great in his last fight and people thought he might have lost that fight, but he he retired at the right time, mm. you know? And uh, these are the athletes. I always say, you know, MMA fans are selfish. I could be selfish. Everyone wants to see, everyone once upon a time wanted to see GSP and Anderson Silva in their prime, right? Yeah, yeah, Same yeah, yeah. Habib, <laughs> Habib, more time. We're selfish like that, but yeah. Habib loses one fight after after you know that winning streak. Yeah. Would he be the same person? Probably no. not. No, he won't. Right? How selfish and unfair the sport is. So yeah. I always say, sport. The smartest man in the sport or woman are the ones that go in, get what they want out of, and leave yeah. at the right time. Muhammad Ali, who is a legendary figure, didn't leave at the at the Correct. right time. Correct. Yeah. Right. A lot of people didn't leave at the right time. Prob- mm. Mike Tyson didn't leave at the right time. Yeah. You know. So I'm telling you, uh, the smartest people are the ones who leave at the right time. GSP one, I would say. Habib another. Mm. Uh, I'm probably getting some others, but these are the guys that I would say beat the system. Yeah. You know, because sport is not for this is not a long 10 year sport. Mm. It's not a game. Yeah, this is, I would say, 10 years mm. max for a fighter, to be honest. If he wants to leave and in, instill in the right mind, the right shape, as you can see, as and as you said with GSP, mm. who still trains through it actively he's coming he's coming back to grappling yeah. and he could probably make money as he did grappling now grappling yeah. is uh, booming yeah you, you know um and i need to ask you this because because i'm selfishly using this as an excuse to chat to you <laughs> yeah. um I'm with gsp do you do you think that he's he's in the shape he's in because there might be an upcoming fight coming with one of these celebrity guys mma i Doubt. Not MNA, I'd say more striking because he also used to box with my favorite boxing coach at the time, Freddie Roach. So I know he's got skills, yeah. but do you think but he's hope he in that kind of shape to kind of jump in the I ring hope, with one of these guys? I hope he doesn't do it. Look at Anderson Silva, he did it. Yeah. Was, that was, I felt bad. Did that was he, like your uncle jumping in the ring. Yeah. Anderson Silva to me should have stopped way before the Chris Weidman fight. Yeah. At the time, I was very upset because. Anderson Silva was he was like an unstoppable fighter. And for me, he was at that stage where he should have been fighting in super fights. Mm. GSP was the fight. For him to go nothing against a Chris Weidman. I'm not I'm not I mean I'm just saying that Anderson Silva at the time should not have defended his belt like a regular champion. Yeah. He was over that. He defended it against everyone else. He did not have to have to go and fight somebody who it was a lose-lose situation. Mm-hmm. He was a big star at the time, Chris Weidman. Nobody knew who he was. And by beating him, he wouldn't gain anything either. So Anderson Silva at the time for me should not have taken such a fight. Uh, and a lot of people need to learn. A lot of fighters need to learn when to stop, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, this is not a dick towards fighters. It's just, they need to be smart with their careers. You know, they need to it's know skill. who at, at certain points of your career, you should say, I dictate who to fight and I'm fighting two, three times and that's it. 
that's how you make money. That's how you make you become, uh, you know, a, a, a legend. Floyd Mayweather did that beautifully. Yeah, well, big fan of what he's doing now, but his fifty and O were good, right? Yeah. He was smart. He was smart. Probably he the smartest, after, unfortunately. Yeah, he, Ellos and all these guys. He went after them when they were still fresh. The timing. Yeah, if he goes, yeah. if he goes, Ello, uh if he goes after a Canelo today or maybe <sighs> five years ago, it would have been a problem. Yeah, you know, but he knew Pacquiao. If you go the other way, he Two went years. after Pacquiao after like when he was yeah. almost going downhill, right? Like yes. he wasn't. So he was always smart with the timing. Yes, of his fights. Yeah, we need more. We need more MMA guys like that. But I'm not saying do it the Mayweather way. Yeah, or do it the MMA way, which is yeah. the exciting way, cuts and everything. But there is a certain point where you reach where you should learn when to say, okay, that's I've reached the top of the sport. I think I should be able to to choose the best fights now. That for yeah. me, you know, instead of going yeah. for losers. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, man, we could talk to him all day, but we're going to take a quick break. And once we get back, we're getting more from the man himself on Pulse95 Radio. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that What's it goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Amar Duri and Hamid Al-Hussein. Now it's it's great because if you do miss the show, don't worry, you can catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Or if you prefer a visual and want to see the brother himself, you can catch him on Pulse95 Radio YouTube channel as well. And we get a chance to treat you guys, you get to catch those moments, those golden nuggets that he mentioned throughout the first two segments. Now, what I wanted to dive into, Hamid, now is... Again, there were so many things that you said in that in the first and second segment, but the third segment I want to dive into. What's your take on on the crossover matches now? And I got a bit of a hint of it when you were talking about it, but I want to know what your thoughts are and how credible are those people stepping into an unfamiliar territory? I'm not a big fan of it. I, I actually, you might be surprised. I haven't watched a single. I don't know what you want to call it, celebrity fight. Maybe I haven't yeah. watched a single single fight except one which one and that was Mayweather and Logan, uh, Logan Paul really would you count yeah, the McGregor the would you count the McGregor Mayweather as a oh, I saw, now if you count that I saw that too okay obviously okay. Yeah. what did you what make the, of them that, to me that's a that's a good fight mm. it's between two fighters from two different disciplines and Connor isn't well known as the grappler or the, the you know the black belt jiu-jitsu guy he's a striker too right yeah uh, I, you know, I didn't mind that you know, these super fights need to happen Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury I, I, I'm okay with that fight you know okay but uh, but the you know the Paul brothers and, and, and all these YouTubers coming in and fighting mm. and picking on uh, wrestlers from MMA or mm. people who are close to retirement yeah, I'm not a fan of that mm. I'm, I'm, I I barely watched any of those, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The I, I, highlights. I was I was keen to pick your brain on that, just merely for the fact that there's been so many 
different opinions on whether they're bringing their eyes to our sport or, or our, our eyes to their kind of um, environment, so to speak. And I know they train with some of the best coaches out there. I just wanted to hear it from you in terms of like where they stand on it. And, and at the same time, because obviously you've had your eyes on the sport, which, which fighters, if you could make a fight, which fighters would you would you put together in one ring for a boxing match, let's say? Uh, listen, I, I don't have an issue with the, the Paul brothers because mm. they're taking it seriously. Um, in the beginning, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But right now, they are taking it seriously. You know, they're athletes. Um, the only thing I'm not a fan of is one of the brothers always picks on lighter weight fighters. But <laughs> Logan, I gave it away, right? Logan yeah. is a... <laughs> because I saw what he did in pro wrestling yeah he didn't come and just take the money and leave he actually he actually does a good good uh, show mm-hmm. and he takes it serious so these things are I appreciate about uh, about Logan but uh, in terms of uh, you know boxing fights Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury is a good fight you know I, I think Tyson's gonna destroy him you know really yeah but, uh, but you know Anything can happen with power yeah. like that, oh, right? Yeah. Because uh, Tyson Fury before get knocked down, right? Yeah, Wilder. Uh, mm. Yeah. So Wilder, Wilder would have. If you told me Wilder and and and, uh, and Francis Gano. and Gano, maybe not. Who wins you know, that? Dangerous. Well, I think Wilder. Okay. Wilder wins. Yeah. But uh, I, I still think. Uh, Listen, Tyson, Wilder, anyone, uh, these pure boxers can beat Francis in a boxing mm. match. Mm. But again, with that amount of power, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it be, I don't know. It could be an unorthodox shot. Could, yes. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Diaz, Paul. I'm not even going to watch that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could tell, you could tell from, from the marketing of the event even like uh, Jake and his team are, are um, pretty upset at uh, yeah, the DS yeah. they're, they're not promoting the fight right yeah uh, well, they, I mean they hardly do to be fair they just show up and <laughs> in about yeah, 15 okay. of them <laughs> but you know what it could be an entertaining fight yeah it could be an fight but I, I, I see it as the wrong the wrong fight for Nate to take uh, it's, it's very risky and if he plans to come back to the UFC it's not something that uh, that, that that would be good to him if he loses that fight so yeah yeah um, last one I'm going to go before we move on Zuckerberg or Musk Zuckerberg right? I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know anything that. about Musk <laughs> I don't know anything about Musk game but I know uh, uh, Zuckerberg is training hard yeah he's training did, hard did you see he's the shots eating. with him and Adesanya and and those guys yeah well it's either city kickboxing or the john danaher gsp crowd yeah (laughs) who do you prefer but you know what Uh, musk could be training a lot of leg locks that is true training with all the uh danahers i think they're called new wave now uh yeah super interesting interesting. um that's what i heard sorry say that again it could happen at ufc 300 next year If Dana gets if Dana gets his way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pick your brain on on something that I want to know more about in terms of 
the talent we have here in the UAE. That's something that I think that sometimes goes under the radar because we have a lot of talented fighters here. Um, which uh, which UAE fighter in your eyes doesn't have to be in the UFC um, is is an up and coming fighter that you think we should be looking out for? Professional? Yeah. Hamad Yahya. Hamad Yahya, uh, although he needs a lot of work in terms of uh, improve, I mean, he needs improvement, improving a lot of his skill sets for sure. Uh, and maybe he won't get that by training here necessarily. He needs to go out of the comfort zone. But if you tell me if there was one Emirati fighter currently ready to go into the UFC, the contender series, the ultimate fighter, whatever it is, it's him. He had two Bellator fights. He uh, he competed in uh, Desert Force, which was the first Arab promotion, uh, and he's a champion in UAE Warriors. So, if, if if there is anyone, I mean, he's way ahead of any Emirati fighter. We don't have we don't have that succession line, right? We don't have that uh, that big amount of fighters that you could choose from. And if you would tell me out of experience, who kind of has it ready? He has a good record too. I would say it's him. And I don't think he's far off. I don't be surprised if you see him uh, sometime soon in the UFC. There you go. You heard it here first. I like that. I like that. We're going to take a quick break. We've got one more segment coming up right after this. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Oh, he loves the fire. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're kicking yourself for missing the show, don't worry. Catch all of the episodes on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or even YouTube. Muhammad, you have been fantastic, man. And selfishly, it's like been talking, I've been talking to a friend just about something that we're very passionate about. Um, you've been great. I want to also ask you, did you ever think about competing at a high level yourself? Because with all the stuff that you're watching, all the anal- analyzing, and even like you said again, being a practitioner yourself, have you ever thought of yourself maybe swapping roles I did if you count jiu-jitsu I did, I did grappling uh, competitions mm-hmm. whether it's uh, grappling or gi uh, jiu-jitsu but uh, MMA uh, could be too late now to do MMA maybe a celebrity fight who knows if hey. I, I can do a ce- <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll plug it here who, who would you like to call out <laughs> not You'll get a long line of people wanting to beat me up, but uh, uh, I might consider it. But at the same time, I don't like getting hit in the face. Yeah. You know, if training, I'm, I'm I'm the Floyd Mayweather guy that tries yes. to avoid all, all shots. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, definitely not the Pacquiao or, or uh, you know uh, get hit to hit harder type of guy. So yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, how do you reset, by the way, Muhammad? Like, how do you how do you zone out or, or take a, a step back and disconnect from the crazy world and all the amazing stuff that you're doing? Uh, I mean, uh, my life revolves around combat sports, to be honest. If I'm not working uh, with the Federation or uh, doing commentary or, 
or doing or you know uh, presenting a studio it's watching fights you know uh, I watch I watch a, a lot of footage and uh, even with work commitments now uh, you know coming in the way I still like I owe everything to uh, where I am today because of combat sports not only in terms of personal life whether it's like discipline you know uh, uh, a lot of things uh, in life maybe not everything is is uh, is where I want it to be but a, a lot of it I owe to martial arts and even if I don't even if I stop training which I haven't been training for a long time I still find myself having that martial arts code you know in terms of respect for people discipline and stuff and again it's not perfect I still need to work on a lot of stuff and my family will probably tell you your diet mainly and what you eat but uh, stuff like that you know uh, I owe a lot to martial arts so my life revolves around it I, I'm not pretty sure that I zone out from uh, from watching fights or commenting on fights or being a part of organizing fights we have the world championships in Abu Dhabi starting tomorrow uh, so it's, it's always it's always revolving around around this industry mm. tell, tell us what can we expect from the from the world championships tomorrow yeah, I mean for people who who are not familiar with amateur MMA it's uh, the thing with our sport with MMA it, it was born upside down everyone started you know back in the day everyone was going into professional right away there was no amateur circuit like like boxing uh, today right so i would say for the last 10 years there was an amateur circuit that popped up thanks to uh, the international mixed martial arts federation mainly and uh, you know our leadership when mma you know uh, became an official sport and was kind of included into the ua jiu jitsu federation which is a federation with huge successes when it comes to getting jiu-jitsu mainstream whether it's in schools the military the police force they are the model you know federation when it comes to sports and martial arts uh, uh, specifically so adding mma into the jiu-jitsu federation uh, kind of made us not work from scratch right we have a solid base of athletes who have a grappling base and uh, one of the main things that uh, the chairman his excellency abdulmenim hashmi said in the beginning is let's focus on the youth we won't have seniors and juniors as i told you even at the pro level look at the amount of people I, we can mention who are emirati fighters right i could i told you mohammed yahya is the guy who who can go uh, represent us but we want we want uh, you know 20 30 40 mohammed yahya even better than mohammed yahya and those 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 fighters are going to come in the youth system and that's where this championship comes from uh, it was a three year deal that we signed we knew that in terms of medals we will not get anything from the seniors and juniors because we're still new but with the youths we we stand a chance last year we had three weeks to prepare for the event and we kind of picked up kids from the jiu jitsu uh, uh you know uh, teams and we got a gold medal with barely any preparation mm. and that gold medal opened up a lot of opportunities for us uh, as a as a sport since then we've had five local events a lot of people started a lot of kids wanted to train in MMA it's safer with youth MMA there are no headshots uh, for under 18 so there's there are body shots and there there are a few restrictions 
on the ground. So basically, 80% of it is grappling. So it was made for for us, mm-hmm. you know. And this year, we have a bigger uh, representation. We have uh, around 34 athletes now by last count. And the plan is to get more than a gold medal. Last year was one gold medal, one silver and two bronze. This year, we're looking for more. We were at the bottom half uh, of the top 10, you know, and that's three weeks of, uh, tr- you know, of preparation. This time we've had a proper training camp and I wouldn't, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very ambitious. I would say I want to be in the top half, mm. top five, uh, you know, and I think we can do it. With this team, I think we, we are a solid team, but everyone else is solid, right? They've had yeah. one year to prepare. So we expect, I mean, it's over 600 athletes. So you know that the countries are sending the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to expect. We know our guys are good. So hopefully we uh, we can get some uh, good results. This is, has been great, man. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. Where can we follow you? Where can we keep track of all your great work? Yeah, I mean, you can... Uh, to to, to uh, watch everything related to the event obviously it's going to be on uh, Abu Dhabi Sports TV too and then uh, uh, social media is UAE MMAF or UAE JJF UAE Jiu Jitsu Federation and UAE MMA Federation my accounts if you want uh, I'll try to well, with the busy schedule I'll try to post stuff but I'm very uh, probably going to be very busy it's MJ Al Hausani so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, if you can't uh, show up to Mubadal Arena in Abu Dhabi to watch the fights 10 a.m. every day, uh, you can watch it on TV and and, and, and see what and see why uh, this is the next big thing. Youth MMA is the next big thing. It's safe, safer than any other sport, to be honest, because of the removal of headshots. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, people. Uh, start uh, you know appreciating this uh, new uh, new discipline that's getting into uh, you know every uh, every UAE house let's say amazing amazing your your passion your dedication your expertise is second to none Muhammad honestly it's been uh, it's been it's been almost selfishly nice for me to have a chat with you my friend <laughs> over you. the radio you've been fantastic great it was a good talk and that is uh, the end of the halftime show. It's full time on the halftime show. Thank you very much for tuning in. What an absolute pleasure. What a great guest as well. Make sure you leave your comment, share, and subscribe to Pulse95 Radio. Take care, guys. Salam. Thank you. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m. 